Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Anne-Marie Lockhart and you're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. Happy New Year. I have today a special guest, Puma Pearl, who is going to be talking to us about a lot of different things. But um, Happy New Year, Puma. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me and Happy New Year to everyone. Um, I would love for you to start with a reading of one of your works, um, if you could do that, and then we'll get into the rest of the show. Okay, and I am going to introduce this, which usually I'm, I'm into, like, just read the damn poem, but <laughs> I almost read this yesterday when we were at the New York and Poets Cafe for the New Year's Day event, and I almost read this because... Um, when the New York Post Cafe opened, I met my daughter's father, Edwin mm-hmm. Albert Gomez. And this poem, I met him the second night. He was bartending. It was his family that started the cafe. And oh. today, yeah, so t- and today, January 2nd, is, I think, 27 years since he died. Oh. At the age of 32. So, wow. so this is called, yeah, so this poem is part of my book, Ruby True, which is my latest chapbook, and it's called That Crazy Gomez Family, Memory Two. Crossing the plaza with my beautiful young husband, I was 22, second child on the way, heard that hair dye hurts babies, so I let wild silver streak through my black curls. Neighbors watched and gossiped. I, you know the brother from 2H? His was a vieja with white hair. Don't listen to them, sniffed my sister-in-law. And she turned off her favorite movie, opened the kitchen window and yelled, We're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. Go ahead, your turn, she said. And we screamed into the courtyard. And people laughed all in fun. It's just that crazy Gomez family again, until the pot hit the pavement, ending the party. Police sirens, bloody heads, wrists cuffed, bail money. Friday nights, how quickly the sky fell into Saturday. I remember Carmen's Café con Leche, bunk beds in linoleum, long subway rides back to my Lower East Side rooms, and then... Junkie death masks knocked. I answered, yes, yes. Life only lasts a minute, but I was wrong again. Neither my tracks nor my memory expired. I still face the wall, close my eyes. Morning turns my face to glass. My blood's a transient border. My body's single room occupancy, king-sized lies. Didn't know it would hurt so much. Didn't know it would hurt. Across the river, I hear your warning. The tides turn, Ruby. The tides turn. Mm. That's a beautiful and sad poem. Um, and I'm glad you gave us the history on it because the, the history of it is, is kind of where we get the feeling for it. And, of course, your reading of it is very evocative, too. Thank you, you know, and I went back and forth yesterday and I said, no, I don't want to read a sad poem at that event. So, yeah, I, you yeah. know, I did what I was originally going to do, yeah. You know, this, there, 
the event, and we're gonna, that's one of the things I want you to really explain to us, but I wanted to say as a first-time participant in it and an observer at it, it was very festive and celebratory, a very, very happy event, even though some people did read sad stuff, but it was a real upbeat experience. Um, why don't you tell us about what, what the event was and how it came to be? Well, the New Year's Day um, alternative poetry slash performance extravaganza. This was the 20th anniversary, and it started as an underground alternative to the St. Mark's Poetry Project, which has been doing their yearly New Year's Day event for many years, longer than we have. And that one is a, it's a great event. It used to be 24 hours. Now I think it's less. But it, it, it's a very, very high-profile event. It's a benefit to, of course, $20 to get in now. This is a more open event, very, very open to um, encouraging emerging poets. We also want include an open mic. So Bruce Weber has, has been a force behind this event for the entire 20 years. He began mm-hmm. it and he gathered staff around him. And I, I've been involved in, it, in, the, in, in its incarnation at the Bowery Poetry Club. But 20 years ago it started at a place called Cafe Nico. It moved to CBGB's for two years, to the base on the CBGB's. It moved to the Knitting Factory for a couple of years. And then when the Barry Poetry Club opened in, I believe, 2002, well, no, it was there for nine Yeah, that would make sense. It, it moved over to the Barry Poetry Club shortly after it opened. It stayed there for nine years until yeah. the Barry Poetry Club closed for renovation. Last year, we found a temporary home at Dixon Place, Um which we had to pay for and had to charge admission for the very, very first time. So we really wanted to keep it a free event. And I think it always has been extremely upbeat and exuberant, but partially because of the openness. And people are free to come in and out, and, and, and people see each other like yearly, people who may not see each other during the year very often. So it really, it really is a great time. It had a very familial uh, feeling to it, but it wasn't, um, you didn't feel like an outsider if you didn't know anybody. Like, it wasn't at all un- unwelcoming. You know, it was really, it was very open. I think that's exactly the right word for it. Well, that's, that's great to hear that from you because that means one of the really important goals was um, accomplished. And I think you also mentioned when we talked before the diversity, and that was very, a very, very important goal, especially for this year and especially being at the New York and Poetry Cafe because in other years, frankly, it was a little too much on the white side. Mm-hmm. You it know, nice since we are representing nice a multicultural uh, city, you know. Yeah. And, and you're right. It was diverse ethnically and linguistically. There was, some of what I heard was um, delivered in Spanish, and it, it wasn't all translated, which was cool. You know, it's always awesome to hear a poetry in a, in a different language. You don't necessarily have to hear the English to understand some of what's being said. So I, I liked that a lot, too. Um, age Absolutely. diversity, we talked about that. Experience diversity was up there as well. Um, style diversity. It was it was a very broad ranging event. Right. I, um, I, was, I was like really happy with the way it turned out. How how much planning goes into this? Like when do you start for next oh, year? Oh God, a <laughs> lot of planning goes into it. Uh, we have our first meeting in September. Mm-hmm. And the and the tasks are divided. And obviously, when you're when you're curating something with 170 people. 
Yeah. And in the last couple of years, it has also been about finding a space. So that, that search began yeah. way before September. That search starts like now. Like there's a meeting. Yeah. There's always a meeting. Yeah. The February, you know, like six weeks after the event, there's a, there's a meeting yeah. to discuss, to review the event and, to, and start to plan for next year. So actually the, the, the first meeting happens in February and certain tasks are assigned. And I'm really, really hoping that the New Yorkian Poetry Cafe will be a permanent home or as permanent as anything is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I I thought it had a great great feel to it. It's mm-hmm. one of the only venues, maybe it's the only venue that is still a total poetry venue. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't think of another one in the city, right now. Right, right. That is all about poetry and performance yeah. and nothing else. Yeah, it's so yeah. yeah. And I under and the I understand that there's going to be some renovation taking place. I don't know how that pans out in terms of where they'll be next year, January first. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I guess we'll have to find out. But I think that was extremely close to the feeling of the Bowery Poetry Club. Mm-hmm. You know that that familiarity and that warmth and that feeling of family. How how has it changed over the years? You know, from from the time you've been involved, the beginning, all the way to now. What what is different about it, and what's still the same? You know, you would really have to ask somebody who began twenty years ago that mm-hmm. question, because to me, um, I it, it, it has been very very much the same, except I think that we have. Um, I think this year it became more diverse. I think there has been more consciousness towards diversity. You know, mm-hmm. but I think it has been very, very much the same. And if I have one criticism of it, um, it has been perhaps a little too much the same in terms of, you know, when when these events take place, you get a lot of people that you invite back every year. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and you get a lot of staff, the same staff will work every year. And I think, I think personally, sometimes it's really good to shake things up. And in the mm-hmm. course of it, sometimes some people may get a little miffed or whatever. But I think it would be great to have a really, really different look. You know, like some of the people who have read every year, like, okay, like take the year off, like really make some changes in in the staff. Not that the staff doesn't do a great job. You know, the staff does a a wonderful job. But it's always good to get, um, you know, fresh viewpoints. And and it's been pretty much the same staff for a number of years. So I would like like to see some of that change. You know, it's a balance between familiarity and new look. It's just hard for people to... um, once people get used to something. But you're right, it's important. It's a creative imperative to kind of mix it up from time to time. It has to be done. Yeah, I mean, I think the set is fantastic. I think Sue Paul does a great job with the set. I would see no reason to 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 change the way the set is being done. You know what I mean? I think the slideshow, which was introduced only over the last couple of years, is a great idea. You know, I, 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 you know, to me, the best thing that could happen is to bring in new blood on the staff who will have different people they're in touch with in terms of curating, which was done this yeah. year. The new curators were brought in, and people were asked specifically, can you bring more Asians in, you know? Yeah. Can you look yeah. more into the transgender community? Like, that was very, very consciously done. But I think the best thing that can happen is not that the staff leave, that the staff stay to guide the incoming staff and to kind yeah. of pass the torch a bit. I, I think that would be great. You know, there's a there is a history to it that does need to be um, what's the word passed down. I guess is the way the next 
generations are always, uh, you know, the lifeblood, but you have to have the history of it in order to really to bring it to that next step. And even if you're changing direction, you've got to know where it's coming from. And I think that that feels intact there. Like it feels like you walk in the door and you kind of know this is on a progression, but it, you kind of get a sense for, for what it started as, where it started. You know, it, it seems true to its roots. That's how I felt when I was there. Well, right, and we had Miguel Agavin there, who was one of the founders yeah. of the New Eurekan Poets Cafe. We had Bob Holman there, who started out partnering with Miguel and then founded Bowery Poetry Club. We had Steve Cannon, the founder of Tribes, even though I, 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 I think he must have gotten tired and left before it was called, but he was, on, you know, he was on the bill. He was a presence there. So you yeah. have these really, really important, without insulting anyone, elders, but they are elders now, you know. Yeah, Bob yeah. Holman was not, you know, an age the same as Miguel and Steve, but, you know, they're very, 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 very important, you know, roots in the community. And then, like you said, you had people who had never gotten up on a stage and done anything. Yeah. So that's a, that's I wanna, a, that's um, a great mix. I want to give everybody an email address here. There's an anthology that was produced. It looks great, by the way. Um, and it, it, it contains work by some of the performers. So it's um, available at www.spokenwordextravaganza.org, and proceeds from this go to support the project. So I want to encourage people to go check that out and look oh, at yeah. the amazing great. collection Thanks. of different things. Yeah, um, it, it looks wonderful. It reads well. It's um, you know it'll take you a while to get through because it's rich. And there's a lot in it. So I would I would recommend everybody to go to that um, www.spokenword extravaganza.org. Um, so I would love for you to um, tell us what you're working on now, you know, your own work. Okay, let's see. There's a few things. You know, you know, it's really hard to keep up the writing, keep up the performing, keep up the <laughs> producing, keep up the promoting. You know, sometimes yep, something yep. gets dropped while you're doing all the other yep. things. I do have, <laughs> uh, you know, a project I've had for a couple of years is called Puma Pearls Pandemonium, in which I produce shows that kind of marry poetry and rock and roll. Not that they're not already mm-hmm. married, but, you know, keep that union going because mm-hmm, you don't mm-hmm. see a lot of that. And I used to be part, I was one of the founders of DJ Productions along with Big Mike and FOMO, and we used to do poetry and performance. And then, I, I, you know, I kind of went off on my own to do this. So I have a show coming up January 10th, 7 to 9.30 at the Barry Electric, and there's no cover, there's no admission, it's happy hour. And we perform in the map room in the back, but we also have it, the TVs going over the bar, and I have some great musicians coming in and you can get all the information on my blog which is www.pumapearl.blogspot.com or you can find me on Facebook it's P-U-M-A-P-E-R-L where I post this stuff incessantly um, and all are welcome to come and I guess the, the other thing is that I will have a fourth book coming out. This will be another full-length collection. This will be published by Great Weather for Media Press, who I just did a tour with, a West Coast tour with. And that book, I, I think it's going to be called Forever Retrograde. We're still mm. discussing the title a little bit. I think that's my choice for the title. And it'll be out, it'll be out probably in a few months where we're what kind of going like? over the manuscript now. 
West Coast tour. How did, how did that how did that feel doing the West Coast tour as opposed to you know New York City based? Because there's differences in you know how the work is received in different places. I'm just curious about what that experience was like to tour. Well, I've done I've done a I've done a couple of West Coast tours actually, um, and the West Coast is great. The West Coast is great for poetry. That um, mm. I I had done um, a poetry festival not the summer the summer before in the Bay Area, which we mm-hmm. also visited. We went to L.A., the Bay Area, and San Jose, and one of the things we did that time was called the Beast Crawl where mm. we went to 21 venues in one day wow. in Oakland. It was wow. seven at a time, so everybody did like three venues in a row, and each one was filled. This is 21 mm. venues, and each was filled. You don't, you don't see that in New York. No, and no. Some, no. And something I love about L.A., and I'm going to be publishing a book with Punk Hostage Press in L.A. also after I get this one's on L.B. Books Short Stories. Uh, my character, Ruby True, will be the basis of these short stories. Um, a thing I love about L.A. is that there is a natural unity between the punk scene, the rock scene, the poetry mm-hmm. scene. It is diverse. We, you, know, we, we, you know, you have Chicanos who, who are reading about punk rock. You, ha- you, have, you have musicians. Mm-hmm. You have every type of person in, in one room. So that scene, that, that whole do-it-yourself kind of punk explosion mm-hmm. where all of the art was together, that, there's a continuation of that in L.A. So I, I, like, I consider L.A. more a second home than probably anywhere mm. else. Sad I'm, to say, I'm thinking, you know, we didn't do as well. <laughs> well, yeah, I could see that too. I, I, you know, I'm not surprised to hear that. I, I am really encouraged, though, by the 21 venues thing. I'm just trying to think of any other place where there even are 21 venues that would be open to an experience like that in the first place. You know, there's just so many places where that isn't, that kind of accessibility is not there for performance. Right, and they were non-traditional venues. I read in a tattoo shop, you know, they had them outdoors in various parks and bars and places that may not generally offer poetry. I I was completely impressed. It was a great great experience doing that. It really was. And it was was a great going on tour with Jane Armourad. Also, she is the publisher, founding publisher and editor of Great Web for media and she also read yesterday i don't know if you caught her no i think an I english, her. A english girl reads, reads mm. amazing she is committed to what she is more committed to what she reads than probably anyone i see on stage like very mm. surreal and amazing so yeah so she was here yesterday um, I would love for her to bring that concept of the you know non-traditional venues, 21 at a time, like all across the country, all across the world. You know that would be great if we could kind of set that thing up everywhere and kind of let it go. That that would be amazing. Um, I know so that's there's a lot something like that that happens. <laughs> yeah, you know there is yeah. something like that that happens. You only called the thousand poets for change. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now, I, I think, think it's kind of similar. I think it's growing. Yeah, I think it is, and I think it's beginning to take off, and I think if dedication to it remains in place, that could really have an amazing life of its own, you know, and I think it could get really broad support. So I think that, that maybe is in the works. Maybe that's happening. I hope it is. Um, we're like, out of time. If you could give us one more reading, that would be great. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm going to read this poem because it's called Thursday, uh, and it's Thursday. And also when we were talking earlier, you said, like, let's get a sense of 
what you do every day. So this is yeah. a, this is how some days happen. It's called Thursday, six twenty nine forty five a.m. Sunrise. One jogger shuffles by. His legs grow stronger every morning. He will do something useful today while my hours explode with words. I stare down at the water. Emptiness summoned insomnia. They hid pebbles in my bed. Sleep has abandoned me again. So I write a thousand poems. So I snap a hundred pictures. Lean further out the window each morning. One tit falls out of my tiger print nightgown as I point and shoot, point and shoot, point and shoot at Long Island City, at Jimmy's house, at the Williamsburg Bridge, at the East River. Every second is new light. I am the delegated witness to days that begin despite themselves. Last night I met a guy I probably knew. Reminisced about dolphins, thieves, and poets, shooting galleries, toy shotguns, unmarked cabs. He kissed me goodbye, said, if you ever need me, pull my arm there. I don't even remember what that means, but I remember the mornings on 3rd Street where the birds carry slingshots and the sun never rose on a waking hour. Nobody slept. We just nodded out on a good day, afraid to go to sleep because we knew we'd wake up sick. Seven twenty-eight thirty-two. I move the table back against the wall. A light flicks off across the way. The man who sees my TV each morning goes to work. He will also do something useful. As I load another hundred photos into the computer, searching for the one that captured the smell of mustard seeds and hope, heat, sky, today. But perfection eludes me once again. So I write more poems. So I'll take more pictures, point and shoot, point and shoot, point and shoot at rivers, sunrise, bridges, buildings, until I sweep the pebbles from the bed and leave the witnessing to gods and other babbling fools. That is a, a full day in and of itself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's weird. Yeah. I, well, I don't say whether I'm actually getting up or still up, so. <laughs> so. Um, and I, you know, I think any any of us who have had any experience with insomnia can totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that's a theme in my work. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's uh, I think it's a theme in a lot of people's work. Well, it's, it's, it's a constant companion for many creatives and non-creatives alike. So, uh, very relatable. Um, all right, give us again where we can find you, some internet addresses or what have you, where you can be found, and what's going on next. What people should be looking to do for you. Okay, well, my blog spot, which generally links to my sales page, my Facebook, you know, my events, is www.pumapearl, that's P-E-R-L, blogspot.com. If you want to Google a little bit, my publisher is Great Weather for Media, my current publisher, and they will give you every event and everything about upcoming books. I can, you can also find my sales page at Urbachi, E-R-B-A-C-C-E, Arbachi mm-hmm. Press, all three of my other books are for sale through that press or through me. You are certainly free to contact me on Facebook. Again, find me, Puma Pearl, P-E-R-L. And um, I, I, guess, I guess I can't think. I'm sure I'm going to hang up and say, why didn't I tell her this or that? But 
Oh yeah, that, you know, you can find the books on Amazon.com, but you know, you can you can you can go directly through me as well. And the reading is um, January 10th. Right, January 10th. Oh, I also want to say that I read regularly with an amazing group of musicians. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, my core group is Joff Wilson on guitar, Walter Stenning on violin, and Danny Ray on saxophone. And we sometimes have, you know, there's sometimes some some mix, but they they will be performing with me and continuing January 10th. And we'll have a few other shows coming up down the line, February 15th at Sidewalk. Um, there, there's some other, there's some other stuff going on. Like I said, I'll be putting that up on my blog and on Facebook. All right, and the last thing I need to ask you is, so where will you be on January 1st, 2015? If I'm still standing, I will probably <laughs> be at, at, at the, at the New, York, New Year's Day Alternative uh, Marathon, and if St. Mark's invites me, I will be there as well. <laughs> very good. Thank you so much, Puma, and have a very happy New Year. Thank you. You too, Anne-Marie. Thanks for having me on. Bye. Thank you for listening, everyone. I hope uh, your new year is as wonderful as I hope it to be. And I will be back again next week um, with Danelle McGee. So listen in for that. Um, Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.